0: This is Film Center, your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian.
1: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Film Center, your number one place for studio news. My name's Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And we are here with? Lindsay Turner. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, now, I know Lindsay from working with her. And something that's quite interesting about Lindsay is that she does things with fire. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Because she's a firebender.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> firebender.
1: One thing that we haven't had on the show yet is someone who does, who's really into practical effects. A lot of fire stuff that you see on TV and in movies is... So It's really great to have you here, someone who actually knows what it takes to do stuff in real life. A little bit of background. Also, we're here at the Handbrewed Brewed Beer. Uh, thank you for letting us record this. We're in Chatworth right now. Lindsay, you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, the audience a little bit about yourself. I know you. <laughs> but the
0: audience doesn't know you.
2: I grew up here in Los Angeles and I've been pursuing a career in art and graphic design. And I just happened to get into fire dancing because it was awesome.
0: What initially drew you to fire
1: dancing? Some people might not even know what that means, fire dancing. To them, they just, is it, they, they might not know what that is exactly.
2: So fire dancing is the performance art of dancing with fire, and there's lots of different types of props. There's definitely, like, fire dancing started in many other cultures, like you have the Polynesians and stuff like that, and the New Zealanders with their poi as well, so there's like a long history of fire dancing in all these different parts of the world, and it's just really cool to see it evolve into a dance form that we can share with everybody.
1: That's awesome. So is there a certain type that you are more towards? You're more towards the New Zealand
2: side, more towards the Polynesian side? I personally love to spin rope dart. That's my favorite prop. And rope a, ro- dart. a rope dart, like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat.
1: But what, what
2: style is that? Is that... So that is a Chinese rope dart is actually a form of Chinese martial arts. So typically you would have a dagger at the end of your rope and you can do all these fancy tricks with it in order to like accurately shoot it or just wrap somebody else up and cause abysmal pain. We try not to do that. And, and then you just
1: add fire to it.
2: Yeah, so we just light a wick on <laughs> I fire. I would strongly
0: <laughs> encourage it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've given myself a black eye once before, so that, that was not fun. Luckily, not on fire. <laughs> not on fire. I did not zuko myself. Thank goodness. It's all
0: good. What would you say initially drove, what initially captivated you to start fire dancing?
2: Honestly, it was when my husband and I had just got into festival culture and going to these events, and we love camping and being outdoors, so it just seemed really fun to be in these places where we could be in the outdoors and then also enjoy music all weekend, and it was very common to see fire dancers on stage while the DJs were performing or even at smaller events that we went to, and it was just I just thought it was really beautiful. And there was one day where I saw this woman named Sam Toby dance on stage. And I had never seen what a was woman. What was the name again? Sam Toby. Mm. She's incredibly talented and such a wonderful teacher. And. Um, oh,
1: was she, your, was she your like fire mentor?
2: Yes, eventually. eventually I was earn it. out so hard. <laughs> but I saw her dance on stage and she just looked so powerful. And I was like, I want to do that.
1: I want to do fire. I just want
2: to do that. Yeah. It's so cool. And that was just the first prop I really connected with, and I just buried my hand, head in the sand and just tried learning as much as I possibly could, and I've been doing it for about five years now, and actually spinning my rope dart on fire for about three, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to give myself a black eye again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just really did not want that to happen.
0: What made you choose to specialize in the rope dart?
2: It was just the prop that called to me the most. I just thought it was really cool. I loved the martial arts style movements because they felt really strong. Um, Avatar,
1: less everything. Yeah,
2: <laughs> basically, <laughs> it is. Like I said, it is a form of martial arts. So a lot of our dance moves are based on the moves, but they've they've definitely been changed and altered. I can't say that it's like super accurate to the original martial arts form. Mm.
1: Um, right. Now, when you say "are," because uh, some people might not know, who are you referring to? You are part of a group.
2: Yes, I'm part of a. I'm part of two different dance groups. One is called the Fire Mingos, and we are basically our whole goal is to perform at Burning Man, which we did this last year, which was <laughs> awesome. And a lot of us are also part of a dance company called Lumia Dance Company, where we do full-on productions with just flow props. Um, and you've
1: done some work in different video projects and things like that. Yes, when it comes to fire. So as I was also in the circus. I, mean, I was in the circus, which we had fire. We had fire breathers and stuff like that. Oh, heck yeah. But I wasn't skilled enough <laughs> to do it myself. What is, are what is some special tips you would give to someone who is looking to get into it possibly because I know there are some things that you've talked about that we've talked about obviously off of the show but one of the things that you said you really stood out to me was like oh I have to put on my makeup a certain way because what people don't understand it's the fire I mean, everyone knows that fire is hot but they don't really understand how hot it actually is where it can melt do whatever you have on your face
2: yeah you know? I don't want to look like a scary goblin at when I'm trying to perform for people it's <laughs> <laughs> but honestly it's just a lot of makeup setting spray usually that does the trick it's not every girl knows that okay, like setting spray. <laughs> yeah
1: what is some of the you eventually did rope dark. what did you start off then
2: I started off learning hoops and it was fun and I what is hoops what like is that like a hula hoop
1: a hula hoop on fire
2: yeah that sounds like it would be something you do later on. <laughs> no, I didn't start with it on fire. I had a practice one that oh. I was learning how to do the tricks with. And while it was really fun and I loved that I could get more dancey with it, because I do have a dance background before I got into fire dancing, it didn't just it didn't click with me the same way. It was like a big light bulb went off the first time I saw someone dancing with a rope dart. And I was just, like I said, that one, oh my God. And, but once you learn one prop, then you eventually want to learn a whole bunch of other ones because a lot of the movements are very similar as, as how you would like navigate doing it. So I've learned fans. I still play with hoop.
1: Once again, we are here at uh, Handbrew Beer. We take uh, Film Center on the road. And uh, yeah, shout out to them, and we appreciate them for letting us use their spot. That's why you hear all these people in the background <laughs> as Film Center actually goes... On the road. On the road. We don't like to stay in the studio.
0: So one thing that I would particularly ask you and be particularly curious about is the fact that you said you've been doing this for five years, Mm -hmm. but you said you've been doing the props on fire for only three. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the process of learning it and then learning it well enough to then put it on fire? What does that look like?
2: Honestly, it's just trying to be really consistent with my movement. Rope dart is very difficult in the sense where like I'm, I just have a thing at the end of a rope and I'm wrapping it around different parts of my body in what we call empty knots or to do shots and you never get it right the very first time because it's difficult. It's a string and you don't know where it's going to land on your body if you're not familiar with it yet. You don't Have know you ever burnt yourself th- before? Yeah, I've definitely burned myself before. Not Nothing super bad, but mm. that's...
0: That's just how I practice for in. so
2: long <laughs> without it on fire, so I can just kind of go into it really confident. And even now, there's still plenty of moves that I do when I'm practicing, say with my non fire dart, that I will not do on fire yet because I never get it right consistently. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Yeah. yeah. For,
0: for the audience at home, how long would you say do you typically have to practice before you feel comfortable? putting an object on fire like how did you know the first time okay now i'm ready I, i'm ready to put this on fire or do you just have to just trust your gut type of thing
2: It's definitely different for every person. Everyone will suggest get comfortable with the prop before you light it on fire. Because once you light it on fire, it is definitely overwhelming the first time. You feel
1: all that heat coming from it. It feels different, probably. You
2: you feel the heat. You hear the sound. You feel the power. Yeah, you you hear the sound of the whooshing. (laughs) And before, when you're concentrating on your movement, the first time, at least for me, when I lit my rope dart on fire, I was like, there's a fireball by my head. (laughs) Like, it just it suddenly (laughs) felt How do you guys keep it lit like
1: that? Yeah, so I've seen some of your performances, and it's always lit with all your different movements. Is there something special you put on it, on your objects?
2: Sometimes we do. Most of the time, I just use, like, white camping fuel, which we, you can get at... Big what
1: is white camping fuel?
2: It's the liquid fuel that you would pour on a fire for camping or something. It's very common in camping stores, and oh. that's, that's typically what I use. Some people use lamp oil, and there's, like, pros and cons to each type that you use. Okay, and you can also add special effects on your fire if you have glitter or like other like titanium or aluminum powders that you just sprinkle on your prop after you dip it, and then it'll create some fun firework effects. So
1: that's pretty cool. What? Yeah. So when you're saying. So, I know that you've done um, some work on video also with fire. Is there any sort of special ways that you had to interact with the camera and things like that? Because I've seen some of, uh, your, uh, some of your work, some of the uh, Fire Mingo's work, and you've also performed on stage as well. Talk to a little bit about the audience when it comes to placement between the camera and fire. Like, where, isn't there like, some sort of distances? Is there like How do you pre- prepare for that and make sure you're not endangering anyone else?
2: Oh, oh my goodness. It. Again, also very much depends on the situation. If I'm performing at a private event or something, I definitely make sure I'm far enough away where I'm not going to be hurting anybody. Because specifically with my rope dart, it's very long. The fans I perform with are a little bit more tight and close to the body. Unless I accidentally let go and throw it, I can get a little closer to people with that. And you know, some people really like it, some people don't. So I have to read the room and see feel how it out, are feeling. Mm. Um, but when it comes to specifically our fire mingo's videos, we have a lot of girls in our group. And sometimes we have all 20 of And that's of us, a lot of fire. All 20 of us with all of our props on fire. And when you shoot something on camera, the lens obviously distorts what you're doing. Even though we had our choreography set and figured out, whenever we're filming, we always have to check with the camera and make sure that our lines look good so we have to remark everything and kind of figure out what that spacing is going to look like. But sometimes we have to get really close to each other, especially towards the front in order for it to look right. How do you, like, how do you, so because once again, for our audience listening, she does
1: practical fire, which so there's no VFX right there's it's no all real it's very right. warm there's no <laughs> it's very warm. there's no CGI how do you prepare for that ahead of time i know there's probably is like some dance choreography practice cuz i know you have background in dance some of the other people in the fire mangles have background in dance does that help you when it comes to placement
2: Oh, absolutely. You know we, we definitely learn our choreography as best we can and have it rock solid in our in our brains before we go to film. Um, we always make sure to do a practice run on fire before we film, just so we get used to it. And of course, when we're on our own, our fearless mingo leader encourages us to practice on fire safely at a safe location, because you don't want to light anything on fire in California. Obviously. It's a little <laughs> <Right>. scary. <laughs> You just have to get used to it, especially if you're learning new moves specifically for the choreo and whatnot. And it also helps you figure out how long your uh, prop is going to be burning for, because the time can vary drastically. So if the wick is smaller, it obviously doesn't last as long. If the Mm wick is big, it'll soak up way more of the liquid gas. And when you're trying to film, uh, and you're trying to do your whole performance in one shot which is something that our
1: troupe typically... Is it a lot of one-shots because it's on fire? Like, you had to get it right now compared to doing a take-and-take again because it is literal fire.
2: Yes, but see, we had something really interesting happen this last round where we noticed that all of our fans weren't staying lit long enough because our dance piece was a little bit too long for fans in general.
0: Sounds like a math problem to it, keep it lit.
2: It is. So we I tried to
0: get as far away as I could from math, and, <laughs> and yet here we are talking
2: about it. No, white gas obviously burns the fastest and the cleanest, leaves little to no smoke. Some people like to use lamp oil, like stuff that you would put in tiki torches, but it's a lot smokier because it's a lot more viscous. And since our fans kept going out too quickly, we decided let's make one dip station where we have 50 50 fuel. Be dip ha-
1: station. What is that?
2: The dip station is what we call our area where we put all of our fuel so we can dip our props. We keep it very far away from wherever we're dancing or performing because the last thing you want is like a little flame to fly off your prop. And oh,
1: hold on! Uh, things. Before you continue, I we have forgotten to say,
2: please do not try
1: any of this at home. No. She is a trained professional.
0: <laughs> yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> yes. That would not be good. Speaking of which, have there ever been any serious accidents while dancing in your group?
2: Thankfully, no. We are always very careful. We always have extra people on hand to be our safeties. We, actually, we joke that many of the partners to all the women in our group are our emotional support mangoes because we call ourselves the mingos. The mingos. So our emotional support mangoes will come in and help us, and they have the safety blankets out, and it's solely their job just to watch us, to make sure that no one's getting lit on fire. And there's...
1: What is the protocol just in case someone, uh, someone's... Because I think you have to put your hair maybe a certain way to prevent... What is the protocol just in case someone's hair might catch on fire?
2: The first thing you do is you yell out what body part is on fire, and then the dancer will know to try and put it out themselves. And then if it lasts longer than three seconds, then we come in with the fire retardant blanket and try and smother it out as quickly as possible.
0: How did you come up with three seconds as the time to...
2: Would you want to wait longer than three seconds if (laughs) you're on fire? (laughs) I don't know.
0: Maybe that's like a... I don't know. I mean, to be fair... If
2: you're you're struggling and you... Like, I've seen a friend get their hands caught in their rope dart and they couldn't get it off fast enough. Whoa. And uh, then they burned themselves, but they were okay. But, like, all of us were like, can we jump in? Should we? And he was like, I'm fine. And then he was not fine. So we should have just listened to ourselves and just jumped on it. And did the three seconds. Exactly. Is this... So
1: there's been... When it comes to movies and television, less and less practical stuff has been happening, more and more CGI. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why they say for safety... But as someone who's a professional working with fire, do you really think it's a safety reason or do you think it's because um, maybe sometimes they try to cut corners?
2: That's a really good question. Working with fire is definitely expensive because you have to make sure you have the fuel, you need to make sure you have all the safety people designated space in order to be able to dip or however you're going to light your stage. It probably depends on the production, but if it's if you can do it digitally, then that's cool too. But
1: (laughs) As someone who works with fire a lot, what do you think of some of the digital fire that you see? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Because I know that a lot of my friends who work in VFX they're always complaining that Fire isn't liquid exactly, but in Mm -hmm. Blender and a lot of different VFX stations, it's very hard to recreate because it's like this plasma effect. Mm -hmm. So they always complain that they never get that and they say they never get water. You know what I'm saying? Would you suggest that maybe they just try it practically or would you say it just depends?
2: I think it depends, but also as an artist, I feel like I never do certain things exactly the way I want to because there's like a picture in your head of how you want it to be. And if you don't reach it, then you're going to be very self-critical.
0: Also, fire is unpredictable.
2: Yes, fire is also unpredictable, so that's probably another reason why people would like to create it in for effects rather than actually working with it, because you don't know if an accident's going to happen, and God forbid something really bad happens, especially if you're working on like a crazy feature film and you've got you know all sorts of pyrotechnics going on.
0: Also, one question that I would have for you, speaking of not getting fire quite right as a digital effect, now that you have been doing it for a considerable amount of years, whenever you're watching something, can you spot the digital fire and then when they're doing legit practical fire?
2: Sometimes. I'm not an expert in VFX at all, but but sometimes you can just tell it looks bad, and it's usually pretty consistent throughout whatever you're watching. Do
0: you prefer to see real fire over the uh, VFX fire?
2: Oh heck yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Does it take you out of Does it take you out of the movie since you are so proficient with fire? Does it take Does it suspend the suspension of disbelief? Yeah. Does it, while make, does it you're, ruin the movie for you? Yeah. Does it ruin the movie for you now that you're a bit of an expert? In firebending?
2: if it's done really badly, then absolutely. It's almost like when you watch a foreign film or something, and you speak the language, and you realize that the subtitles don't actually match up to what they're saying. That's the experience of seeing bad fire in a TV show or a movie. You're like,
1: because people don't know. Lindsay also speaks German. Um, so just she, a little bit. Just a little bit. So he's also <laughs> bilingual. Lindsay, when it comes to your firework that you've done, is there some of your work? Because you've done both theater and you've also done things on film. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference?
2: I really love the video productions that we make with the Fire Mingos because we always do our audition video for Burning Man, but then we make a super conscious effort to make a more creative version of our video. And I feel like that's where the magic really happens because that's where we get a lot of the storytelling because... When you perform at Burning Man, you're, you're not going to have your own music. You're not going to be wearing the costumes because you're out in the middle of the desert and there's no place to change. Do you make your own costumes? We do. Pretty. We pretty much make all of our own costumes. And That's incredible. We put on the whole production with just our own money. We don't really... We fundraise a little bit, and that was mostly to help us with filming locations and stuff like that, and we've definitely had a really supportive friends and family who helped us make our dream come true this year and it happened. We're, I think they're still in the process of editing the video right now but hopefully in the next month or so our new film noir inspired show will be out on YouTube. So that'll be really exciting.
0: That's awesome. In terms of Production as far as fire bending, I'm gonna call it fire bending. That's <laughs> I mean, that's, bending that's totally it. fine <laughs> because that's what I can equate to it. Um, it's oh, because not coming his, his, his. <laughs> out of
2: my hands, but I am manipulating what direction it's going in, so it works. Have right. you seen
1: that on YouTube where this guy he like uh, he hooks something to his wrist? I forget what it because it's not a canister exactly, but he then puts this sensor on it where you can push your hand hard enough, it does shoot out of fire. Oh my! Do gosh. you think as someone who does a whole bunch of like fire stuff, they would use that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine someone who can, like, fire breathe and then they could just, like, Spider-Man the their next move?
1: <laughs> That'd be awesome. And- no,
2: because if you're fire breathing, normally you have like, a little torch that you keep lit on hand so you can relight yourself, but... It's probably not safe if it's like a giant flamethrower on your wrist. <laughs> probably less probably safe. a better way of doing that. But,
0: uh, probably way it'd less. Still safe. be cool. Yeah. In terms of of film production, is there anything that we, the audience, don't realize about what it is you're doing?
2: I think one of the biggest things for us especially with our audition video for this year is that you see the the pieces come on and come off and they do their stuff. What you don't see is the mad dash on the side of everyone redipping their props, changing their costumes, helping each other in and out of things. It looks Like a something's happening on stage and it's beautiful and fun and effortless, but you just don't see all of us on the sidelines Oh my god, I have to get to my next piece of time.
0: (laughs) You gotta rush off and redip it or something. Yeah, exactly. So you basically have a NASCAR pit crew on the side.
2: We're each other's NASCAR pit crew.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
2: (laughs) The fire safeties only make sure that we're not lighting ourselves on fire because they're they're just there to watch and make sure everyone who is on stage.
1: The people who do the fire safety, are they like firemen or who are they?
2: Like I said earlier, a lot of them are friends and family, our emotional support mangoes or other friends. And typically they're also fire spinners because they know what's up and they know how to stay safe and they know exactly what it's like to spin a prop too. My husband loves to help out and be a fire safety and he's only touched a prop for funsies, but he's always been very supportive of wanting to come with me to my gigs and making sure I stay safe and He's been an excellent spotter thus far. A yeah. spot,
0: a fire spotter? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Okay, cool.
2: Because I have lit my hair before on fire and it scared the audience that I just <laughs> had to keep smiling and I was like, oh, that's nothing. Oh, it's holy
0: And you were just like, holy crap, my hair's on
2: fire. I put it out really fast because there's a very distinct burning hair smell and you hear a sizzle. So I was just, I just swiped my hand behind my head as fast as I could and then didn't hear the sizzle anymore and I was all fine. Is there any... I know that you
1: have a whole bunch of little techniques and tricks that you've developed over the years. When it comes to fire breathing, because one, <laughs> I've seen one of Lindsay's performances, and in one of the performances, everyone there was a little girl screaming for you to eat this giant rope dart, <laughs> even though it was huge and like <laughs> impossible. Oh gosh! But there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are either in the industry or trying to get into industry, and that includes people who are armory. Mm-hmm. An armor's job is to make sure that everyone's safe when they're doing these type of effects. Yep. Is there anything that you can tell to eating fire? Because I know there's a lot of indie productions out there where they want to have fire breather or hire a fire breather. Is there anything out there that they should really know when they're doing those type of things?
2: A fire breather is definitely different than a fire eater. Okay. First and foremost, because there's it's a whole different set of skills you know, knowing what it is that you really want out of the performance will be key for who you're going to be hiring for the gig, what safety measures are going to be involved, because it's going to be different depending on how much fire there is, what the kind of prop is, how many people are going to be involved. So making sure you know those differences is always good, and the fire community are just absolutely wonderful people, and they'd be happy to explain things and help out and
0: Whenever I was whenever I saw your performance last time we came here at the Hand Brew Beard Bar in Chatsworth, you I asked you because I myself was curious how you looked like you were eating the fire. And then I asked you how you did it. Could you explain to the audience how you did it? Okay, that's an industry, industry trade secret.
2: Oh, it's a trade secret. Well, no, but there is certain technique involved so you don't hurt yourself. Sometimes you can burn the inside of your mouth a little bit, but there's you have to find a good teacher, and you definitely need to practice before you ever light it on fire. Do you like spicy stuff? I do love spicy stuff. Do you think that helps? What do you what, think contributes to spicy you? Stuff? definitely not? It's not the same kind of burn. But we do like to joke that our wicks are just spicy marshmallows.
1: That's funny. There,
2: there was danger mellows. <laughs>
1: danger <laughs> <Yes>. mellows. <Danger laughs> <Mellos. laughs> there was a moment after the performance in which you helped. Like, some of the kids were like really interested. in You stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. Can you explained a little bit about like when someone who's a literal child, when you're doing fire things with them, what is that? <laughs>
2: I obviously wanted to be really careful, and I didn't want to give it to the kids without the parents' permission. I made sure the parents were cool with it. And it was just fun introducing them to fire dancing in a very small way. So I have these really tiny props called palm torches which you just put on the top of your hand. There's no string. There's no crazy technical moves that you have to know in order to enjoy yourself and play with them. You still need to be very careful and do not light things on fire without safety personnel or a blanket or things Some sort of
1: precaution.
2: Yeah. You never want to spin fire alone. That's one of our biggest rules in the fire community is you don't do it alone because, God forbid, something really bad happens and there's no one there to spot you or... You're it. just on fire. Yeah, then you're just on fire alone somewhere. It's horrible. That's,
0: just, <laughs> that's horrible. Just just awful. skin burning.
2: Yeah, just no. crackling. No, we don't want anyone to be a toasted marshmallow. It's not fun. <laughs>
0: no.
1: Or a burnt marshmallow. Are there any movies or shows that involve fire that's so... Oh. I would either a love to be the person doing this, or b like this they they really got that right because there's a whole bunch of fantasy shows and TV like that like for example Game of Thrones they're dragon breathes fire all the time Mm -hmm. and a lot of times not realistic so there's any movies or TV shows where oh dude this looks awesome and I would love to do it if I could.
2: I love it when I watch these different fantasy shows and whenever there's some sort of festival or night of celebration going on, there's always a fire dancer in there somewhere in the background of the scene, like (laughs) every single time. And every time I'm like, oh, what trick are they doing? I want to, dang it, we we moved away. You never really see them for very long. So it would be cool to see more storytelling that involved fire fire dancing, in a sense. I'm definitely super stoked about the new Avatar coming out soon hopefully they oh, do yeah. it
0: well hopefully. they will they, will. they can't
2: <laughs> we don't talk about the other movie it does know. not exist right
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, do, would you love to be a firebender in this
0: in this series if you got a chance
2: yes absolutely I feel like it fits my personality totally
0: <laughs> we, well, we'll definitely get you in contact with the new avatar people so that we can have I'm just kidding <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> my heart stopped for a second Whoa. I was like oh my god <laughs> I didn't know we had these powers. Can they didn't tell me? Where <laughs> Do they on. need someone for their rap party? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. That won't be on film, the rap party.
1: <laughs>
2: no, but I could perform for them.
0: You know what's really
1: interesting about when people... There's a lot of indie productions that try to use fire when it comes to explosions or they try to use it for whatever crazy reason they're trying to use it for. Is there anything that you would say is probably a bad idea when you because like fire can go wrong so many different ways. I know there's a lot of people who try to do things with explosions, but that thing is like, you do fire dancing, mm-hmm. and it is really hot. It's not fake, and it's really close to your skin all the time. Yeah, is there like a certain amount of time that you can be near it before it's okay? This is a problem.
2: If you can definitely get like overexposed, and I've had this happen to me before, where like my fans got too hot, and we're trying to reshoot the scene over and over again because fans that are not moving get hot very quickly because the whole frame is made out of metal. So if we're just holding it steady. Oh, they're metal frames and then were then were something else. No, oh. they're metal. And the flame is pretty close to your hand, like at least specifically with fans. So I have been holding onto them while we were waiting to shoot something and my hand got too hot and I've had to throw them down because I was like, I can't take this. And after that, because I was already burned, I was more sensitive to the heat, Mm -hmm. so it it definitely got harder to keep going eventually. So Um, burning
0: actually makes you more sensitive to
2: it. Yeah, right away. Yeah. We've got the red skin that's starting to to bubble.
0: you have to keep the motion going so that it's not as hot.
2: Yes, that's usually ideal, but that doesn't always happen when you're trying to do a choreographed piece and you're trying to get different camera angles or something and you're... We try and not light the prop until we're absolutely ready to go. We always have to wait till the very, very last second. And even then we can't wait super long because the the gas on your prop can start to evaporate, especially if it's really hot outside. temperature and weather will definitely affect how long your prop will last during a shoot so that's why we've done things like mixing the different types of fuel in order to get a certain effect and make it last longer and stuff like that but
1: she mixes fuel she's a chemist
2: (laughs) we've had to learn
1: Uh, Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show is there any advice that you give to someone who's trying to who might want to do what you do
2: definitely reach out to the community if you happen to follow someone online or just, you can even find Facebook groups of meetups of people wanting to teach lessons, there's lots of stuff that goes on, especially in Los Angeles and I personally highly recommend it because I've made some of my best friends these last five years through this community and it's so supportive and it's so wonderful because we all just want to have a good time and be safe
1: We're going to (laughs) also watch the
2: Fire Mingos. Yes. You can find The Fire Mingos on YouTube, and it's The Fire Mingos, All one word, no weird punctuation in between things. And yeah, we've got a few videos up there of previous, uh, basically, productions that we've done. Um, we have a Star Wars and Alice in Wonderland fusion-inspired one. Last year, the Mingos did this incredible show called The West of Oz, which was really fun. Just a very Western-themed Wizard of Oz story. Wow. Dorothy had rhinestoned red ruby cowboy boots.
1: Super cool. <laughs>
2: yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And Lindsay,
1: once again, it's been awesome. One, and I must stress, do not do this at all. She is a professional. Please do not listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm gonna be a fire master now. Like she said, I'm gonna be a firebender. <laughs> right, right. She is a professional. Yeah.
2: Please find a class or find someone you know who does do it and start learning slowly from there. Yes. If you really want to.
1: Guys, this has been Film Center. I'm Derek Johnson a second. I'm
0: Nicholas Killian. And we are here with
1: Lindsay Turner. And we will see you next time. See y'all.
0: Bye! This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at FilmCenterNews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.